privilege of witnessing this evening. That was mighty! You'll remember in 2020, the rugby league community was shocked and devastated when a fit, strong, 20-year-old Manly Seagulls player, Keith Titmus, collapsed at training and later died in hospital. At the time, his death was a mystery, but an inquest this week has revealed the likely cause of death to be heat stroke, with paramedics at the scene taking his temperature three times after finding it was almost 42 degrees, five degrees above normal body temperature. Adam Pengilly is the sports reporter who's been covering this story for nine newspapers. Adam, what was the initial response to the news that Keith Titmus died from exertional heat stroke? Uh, good afternoon, Andy. Probably a little bit of shock and surprise, to be to be fairly honest, because no one had really found out the exact cause of his death uh, more than three years ago. So on the day in question, uh, the temperature only reached, the inquest has heard the temperature only reached a maximum of 24.9 degrees at nearby Terry Hills on the day. So it wasn't a particularly hot day by any stretch of the imagination. So when the findings did come through that he died of exertional heat stroke, there was a lot of surprise by people who found out about the verdict. We've heard evidence this week from a couple of long-time and respected sports doctors saying they've virtually never seen a case of exertional heat stroke in all their years of practising. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that a lot of people were, were quite saddened and, and surprised by the findings. As part of this inquest, it's been revealed Manly was warned about the risk of heat affecting players. Was that that, that warning, uh, did it, was it heated and, and where exactly did it come from? Yeah, the club had an incident, uh, Andy, which the inquest has heard this week about three years earlier involving another a Ford who was obviously of a, a bigger size and a little bit of bulk who, who suffered a, a heat-related um, illness on the first day, ironically, of pre-season training in 2017. Now, on that occasion, Lloyd Perrett, uh, his name was, had some quite quick emergency medical attention, including being cooled his temperature quite quickly. So, thankfully for him, he was able to make a, a full recovery and the, the inquest has heard um, at several points throughout the course of this week that the chief medical officer of the club at the time, Dr. Luke Inman, provided some email warnings to, to sports science staff and coaches about trying to implement heat measures for the start of pre-season training. And what we do have in the NRL is that most teams will start their pre-season conditioning in around that November period when they come back to training after a six or eight week break. It's often in the hottest part of the year for, for Sydney or in New South Wales or Queensland. So there's a lot of issues, I suppose, with training elite athletes at that time of year and yeah definitely the club was was notified by their former chief medical officer about implementing some of those procedures you said that some of the coaches were informed by email uh, i know des hasler the seagulls coach has fronted the inquiry what did he say in defense yeah, Andy, he was he was in front of the inquest today um, giving evidence for a couple of hours. He was asked specifically about an email that Dr. Luke Inman sent in the early stages of 2019. In that email, um, Dr. Inman sort of said to um, the head of head of strength and conditioning as well as um, Des Hasler, John Bonacera, the general manager of football, and Don Singe, the head of performance, saying, listen, guys, I'm, I'm concerned that some of the heat recommendations I made a few months ago are not being implemented, in particular the use of a, a Kestrel device, which is used to measure a heat stress index and the conditions for, for players at any particular training session. And Des Hasler was asked about that today. He, he told the inquiry he couldn't remember receiving the email or reading it. John Bonacero mentioned something to the same effect. So that obvious email obviously slipped through the cracks and then we had that tragic incident with Keith Titmus a little bit over 18 months later. On a lighter note, Adam, uh, but staying with rugby league, the NRL's making a punt on Americans wanting to watch the game. They're staging this doubleheader in Las Vegas. Uh, they're making sure the players can actually get there, uh, that kind of has been the sticking point, hasn't it? Is it about flights or trans uh, transport connections? What's the issue? 
Yeah, they've had a lot of issues with visas, Andy, to be fair. Um, a lot of players, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of players, a number of players have had um, criminal convictions in the past or have been arrested by police. And we know that US immigration uh, officials look frown upon players who have had run-ins with the police in the past. So we had the quite almost comical situation this week. A number of players who are part of the four teams competing in Las Vegas in a few weeks, having to line up with members of the public outside the US consulate office, uh, consulate office in North Sydney, having to take interviews with um, officials from the consulate about explaining their, their prior misdemeanours to try and get their visas rubber stamped to head to America. The good news is, Andy, that for the, for the NRL, I suppose, is that most of those players, or pretty much all of those players, have now had their visas approved and they'll be on the flights in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, that will be uh, a big uh, a big few nights for those teams involved. Adam Pengilly is a sports reporter with Nine Newspapers. I do appreciate your time. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Andy. You too. Getting in touch with ABCRN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.